I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You are listening to More Than a Song, episode 107. episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I put this week's song Alone by Holland featuring True on repeat this week because I love the lyrics and the OOs. I'm a sucker for OOs and this song just jumps out of the gate with OOs. Anyway, I'll link to this story behind the song where Holland talks about her inspiration scripture. It's not the one I picked, but hey, I already knew where I wanted to go before I read the story. So check out the interview and the link can be found in the show notes, michellekneesat.com forward slash 107. Now, I don't know about you, but I am consistently inconsistent. This thought is repeated in the lyrics of our song this week and in the rap by True. And every time I hear this song, though, I think of Moses and his prayer that he prayed to God in Exodus. In Exodus thirty-three fifteen, Moses says to God, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. Now, the cry of our chorus of our song reminds me of that same appeal from Moses. But don't leave me, leave me alone. Bust down the door of my heart like it's your home. Don't need no keys. I'm on my knees begging you, please. I gotta settle this thing once and for all. You got my heart, my soul. You can have it all. I'm on my knees begging you, please. Begging you, please. Oh, don't leave me alone. The on-again, off-again nature of the Hebrew people after all that God had done for them, rescuing them from the the Egyptians, their behavior just baffles my mind until I think of my own inconsistencies. Now, we're going to take a big bite out of Scripture this week, our B-I-T-E, our Bible Interaction Tool exercise this week is to read and keep reading. There are times when we need to sit and ponder a small section of scripture or an idea, and we just need to, to, to rest in it. But there are times when we need to read and keep reading so that we can get an idea of the big picture. It's like taking a step back to take in the beauty of a large mural. If you're too close to the mural, you might be able to see beauty. You know, you're going to see a beautiful portion of it, but you'll miss the big picture. You'll miss the overall picture. And when you take in the overall big picture, it can give you understanding to appreciate the details up close. Does that make sense? So I'm going to ask you to read all of Exodus this week. 
told you it was a big bite. So I don't want you to choke on that bite. Exodus is 40 chapters. And so I'm going to give you another Bible interaction tool exercise, another B-I-T-E, to help you with the first bite, okay? And that is to listen to an audio version of Exodus. Now, I use an app on my smartphone called YouVersion. It has audio versions of several translations, my favorite being the New Living Translation because it's um, um, a thought-for-thought translation and it it makes sense the way we talk and think uh, currently in 2016. You can access uh, YouVersion on your desktop um, or at at YouVersion.com is where you'll find out information for the app as well. So you can listen to it in your car or while you're doing something else that doesn't take a whole lot of thought. Like uh, for me, it's when I fold laundry or I'm doing dishes or even preparing dinner unless I'm following a recipe, then I can't listen (laughs) and think about the recipe at the same time. But, you know, much like you're probably listening to this podcast, you're probably not sitting in your chair just listening to it. You're probably doing something else. So the same thing goes with listening to scripture. So if you listen to Exodus, it takes three minutes a chapter, maybe give or take, depending on on the chapter. Uh, There are 40 chapters, as I mentioned earlier. Earlier, 120 minutes is two hours of listening. Okay, so if you take 20 minutes a day this week for six days, that'll give you a whole other day to go back and jump in and look at some details that you were like, oh, I want to go back and look at that later. Now, for those of you who are like me and like to chase rabbits and things like that, this bite, this B-I-T-E, this Bible interaction tool exercise says don't do that. It says read and keep on reading. Don't get caught up in the minutia. Don't get too close to the mural. You're really just wanting to get the big picture all at once. And again, not all at once if, if you can break it up a little bit. But uh, over the course of this week, really consume Exodus, the entire book. Now, I can tell you all about Exodus. I can give you my recaps and my flyovers. In fact, I'm getting ready to do that now. But uh, you got to take personal responsibility for your faith and your knowledge of Scripture. You can do this. I give you permission right now to not understand everything you're going to read or listen to this week, okay? But you're going to understand more than you know, and it will be a step in the right direction. So here's a quick flyover to get to the section of scripture that I want to focus in on today. Uh, In Exodus chapters 1 through 14, it's going to lead up to the actual Exodus. Okay, so this is where you're going to be, you're going to see um, the beginning of Moses' story and his famous let my people go scenes with Pharaoh. It's going to culminate in the Red Sea parting with a wall of water on the right and a wall of water on the left. And then in Exodus 15, Moses and Miriam sing songs of joy and praise to God for rescuing the Israelites. And the Israelites complain for lack of water. And then God provides the water. Okay, in Exodus 16, the Israelites complain about lack of food and God provides manna and quail. In Exodus 16, the Israel or 17, excuse me, the Israelites quarrel with Moses about a lack of water and long to go back to Egypt. So God provides water through a rock and then the Israelites are led by Joshua in their first battle and they defeat the Amalekites. 
Now, I hope to find a song one day that's going to lead us to Exodus 18, because Moses is visited by his father-in-law, Jethro, and Jethro begins to teach Moses how to delegate responsibility. And if you're in leadership, you need to find time to study this chapter. It's really a good one. And then Exodus 19, God fulfills his promise to Moses that he gave him in Exodus 4 to bring him back to Mount Sinai. God... um, Moses meets God on Mount on the mountain. He gives instructions for the Israelites to consecrate themselves before giving the Ten Commandments. And then in Exodus chapter 20 through 31, God gives detailed instructions on how to live holy lives, how to obey him, what his standards are, very specific instructions about his tabernacle, which is to be his dwelling place, other tasks and traditions that the people are are supposed to keep. And then the Ten Commandments are given in this section. Now, by Exodus 32, Moses has been gone too long for the people. And it's uh, the, the Israelite people force Aaron to make an idol to lead them. And Aaron makes a golden calf and Moses runs down the mountain to stop them. And he ends up breaking the two tablets of the testimony that God had written on himself. And then the Levites side with Moses, kill 3000 of the other Israelites with a sword. um, And God kills more with a plague. And then Moses goes back up the mountain to intercede for the Israelites. You got that? Okay, that's just the flyover. And the Israelites remind me of this lyric in our song. able to find a version of scripture where God calls the Israelites punks, but I'm pretty sure that's what he means when he says this in Exodus chapter 33. The Lord said to Moses, get going. You and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt, you go up to the land I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I told them I will give this land to your descendants, and I will send an angel before you to drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to this land that flows with milk and honey, but I will not travel among you, for you are a stubborn and rebellious people. Some of the other versions I read say stiff-necked. I'm going to take a little liberty, but I think you can insert punk here if you'd like. You are a bunch of punks. If I did, I would surely destroy you along the way. God is furious with the people and very self-aware, might I add. Now, I know that God is God, but it's like, okay, new plan. You go on up to the place I promised because I promised and I'm God and I won't break my word, but you make me so mad. It would be best for all of you if you went on up alone. Okay. Now my daughter had, uh, my daughter Meredith and I had a discussion this week about lying. And my papa, my grandfather always taught me that God hates liars. And the Bible makes it clear how much lying is an abomination before God. It makes God's top 10 for goodness sake. It's in the 10 commandments and it's the fruit of the father of lies, which is the devil. Now she couldn't get her little heart around the 
idea that God loves us with an unconditional love, but then hates liars. And I'm not going to put on my big girl voice and pretend that I completely understand it either. But I do know that God is a just God who is holy and he sets standards and he makes demands. And we think we can just do anything we want and it won't affect our future. Now, the Hebrews were a bunch of immature punks who painted pictures of Egypt, forgetting what it was like. They complained and they whined and they quarreled and they disobeyed and they paid the price. You know, Moses called out whoever was on God's side. And whenever and when the Levites stepped forward, he told them to swing swords throughout the camp and they killed 3000 people. And then God added a plague to that. That's just one example of them paying the price of their disobedience. And and God's like, I will not travel among you for you are a stubborn and rebellious people. You're a bunch of punks. And if I went with you, I'm pretty sure you're not going to change. And neither will I. I'm holy and I won't put up with it. And I'll end up destroying you along the way. By the way, spoiler alert, He did. I mean, he went with them and they remained a stiff-necked people, stubborn and rebellious. And he went with them and ended up destroying them on the way or not necessarily destroying them, but letting them die off during a 40-year wilderness jaunt. You know, he didn't wipe out the Hebrew race, but only two men alive during this time were allowed to actually cross the Jordan into the promised land. Only two. But God didn't do anything to them. The people they heard his standards. They heard what he what would the consequences would be, and they chose the consequences. I think to some degree, like we do, just not thinking that there that there would be a consequence, or that God would just continue to relent and be ju- uh, just merciful, you know. And of course, he he is, and he was, and he did, but he's also holy. So I think in our live and let live society, we need a somber reminder that God is. holy. Holy, And although he has grace and mercy for us and is rich in forgiveness and unending love, he's holy and he does not want us to walk this wishy-washy on again, off again journey with him. But even these stiff-necked Hebrews knew what tragedy it would be if God left left them. I like it in the ESV, the um, English Standard Version. It says, when the people heard this disastrous word... They mourned, and no one put on his ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, Say to the people of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people. If for a single moment I should go up among you, I would consume you. So now take off your ornaments that I may know what to do with you. Therefore the people of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments from Mount Horeb onward. Now the sentiments of the Hebrew people here are reflected in our song. This disastrous word, this idea that God would leave them alone was a truly disastrous word. Now, I know we don't have to worry about this because God has promised that he will never leave or forsake us, even though we leave and forsake him all the time. But it is truly a disastrous word, this idea that God would send them on ahead with provision, but not his presence. Now, I'm not 100% sure, but I think God made them take off their ornaments, their their gold jewelry and all, all the fancy clothing and all of that, because it was a reminder 
of what they had done. They'd used those, some of those ornaments to create the golden calf, an idol that they chose to worship. And it wasn't exactly what they used because um, first they melted it down to make the calf. And then uh, when Moses came off the mountain, he was so angry, he ground up the gold calf and made them drink it, <laughs> the, the, the gold in, the, in some water. And so anyway, seriously, read all about it in the previous chapter. But the ornaments that, that remained <laughs> that they had not used to, to make an idol, uh, they were repulsive to God. The thing is, is that they were a blessing from God to them. You see, when you read the Exodus story, the Egyptians gave them all of this, these ornaments, all of these, this jewelry, these beautiful clothing and the cloth and all that stuff as they left the country. But they somehow took the blessing and turned it into an idol that repulsed the father. And how often do we do that? How often do we take a blessing from God and turn it into an idol where it should be a representation of God's favor and instead it turns into a reason he can't even look at us. Every time he looked at them, he saw his blessing all twisted and wrong. So the solution for them was to remove the reminder of their total disregard for his holiness. Finally, the people listened. Finally, they obeyed. In fact, this time they didn't go back on their their direction. It says they stripped themselves of their ornaments from Mount Horeb onward. Now, chapter 33 goes on. It goes on to tell us about the tent of meeting and how God would talk with Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And then it tells us about Moses interceding for the people. And here's where God relents. And he says this in um, verse 14 of Exodus 33. He said, this is God. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said to him, this is Moses back to God. If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? Oh, that is powerful, y'all. This is our memory verse. This um, part, of, part of it is our memory verse and the theme of our song this week, Don't Leave Me Alone. And I don't want to move from this place, Lord, if you don't go with me. But the next part has really made a mark on me this week. Is it not in your going with us that makes us distinct from everyone else on earth? Fellow believer, isn't God's very presence in us that makes us distinct? Now, our cry may be, that God will not leave us alone. Even in our on-again, off-again natures, the more things change, the more they stay the same, as as they say. Uh, Our cry may be that God will not leave us alone, but the fact that he won't leave us alone makes us distinct. Now, that alone could be a podcast in itself, so we'll save that for another day. And there's just so much more in chapter 33 and beyond. But before we close for today, I want to skip forward to the end. I know you're going to be reading it this week, so you'll have a deeper understanding of what I'm getting ready to describe quickly. You'll have a deeper understanding when you read it for yourself, when you see the whole mural, so to speak. Um, But there are many details about the design and the making of the tabernacle coming up in Exodus. And this was something 
extremely specific, that God was very specific in his his instructions to Moses. The tabernacle was to be the dwelling place of God. It would remain so until the time of Solomon who built the temple. And now in these last days that we live in, the temple, the tabernacle of the presence of God, where the presence of God lives, is within us. Because of what Christ did through his death and resurrection. Because when we accept his salvation, the Holy Spirit, God himself, comes to live within us, to dwell within us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So keep that in mind as we read from the final chapter of Exodus. The tabernacle has been completed to the very specification of the Lord. And in verse 34, it tells us this. Then the cloud, remember the cloud was a representation, of a, a visible representation of God's presence. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Now, Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it and it was too full to enter it because the glory of the Lord filled it. There was no room for Moses. I enjoy uh, the Proverbs 31 app called First Five, and they just wrapped up studying the book of Exodus. There are daily devotions as you read chapter by chapter, and then there's a weekend wrap up. And I will link to that information on the app in the show notes this week. But I was watching the weekend wrap up video and they were discussing this and they said this, may God so completely fill his tabernacle, me, the temple of the Holy Spirit. May God so completely fill me that there is no longer any room for me. Yes, Lord, let it be so, because I can be a little punk sometimes. So what's next? Read all of Exodus this week. It will be challenging, but you can do it. It's probably too much to read in one sitting. Again, but if you read or listen in like 20 minute chunks of time, you should be able to finish in six days and then go back and ponder some of the details. I waste 20 minutes in a heartbeat uh, checking social media. This is not a waste. This is an investment. Now, don't get bogged down in the parts you don't understand. There is a beautiful big picture that will begin to emerge as you read and keep on reading. And then while you're in God's word this week, would you let me know how you're doing? Email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. Hop on Twitter or Facebook and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to shout out to Sid from Oregon, Heather from Ohio, Marnell from Saudi Arabia, Kim from Georgia, Sylvia from somewhere in the U.S., Margaret from Florida, Philip from South Carolina, Mayla from Texas, Lauren from Louisiana, go Louisiana, Ashley from India, Heidi from Arkansas, Paulette from somewhere in the U.S., Annika from Minnesota, Amy from Virginia, Deco from the Netherlands, and Carol from Maryland. They are my newest subscribers subscribers to my website. Welcome. Now, the benefit of subscribing is that I will email you once a week, and in that email, you'll get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You'll get an email recap of the week's episode, and you can get instant access to any of the resources I create for my episodes. I do that from time to time, create some extra resources, and all of that is just my way to say 
Thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneesat.com to subscribe today. And then don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher Radio for Android users. And while you're there, please leave me a written review and a star rating. This not only encourages me, but it helps me stay visible to new listeners. As always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use Ever Be by Aaron Schust. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 107. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.